0: now we have the chance to listen to Kenneth Barton, a.k.a. Ken Barton, to Here's Our Chance to Share God's Plan. <clears throat> I had a saying that I came up with a while back. If ignorance is bliss and patience is a virtue, You can have a really good life if you don't know what's going on and you don't mind waiting a while to find out. That doesn't really work well in practice. Way back in 1978, Glenda and I were selling a house to a young couple. I know what you guys are thinking. Back in 78, we were a young couple. We had some age on these kids. We were trying to help them to buy our house by allow, allowing them to do some work to get the house ready. It's called sweat equity. <coughs> this house was built, well, it's, it's around 11th and Yale, so that'll tell you about when the house was built. It was built with plaster and not sheetrock. <coughs> well, this fella that was moving in he liked textured ceilings. They were the rage back then. Now everybody wants to spray stuff up here and take the balls off the ceiling. But anyway, that was the thing. And I told him that he couldn't do that. Because if you do that, we'll pull the ceiling down. Well, I've never heard of that, was his answer. And he had this friend that... Was a sheetrock man. Sheetrock's a different animal. His buddy'd never heard of that either. Obviously, we were both kind of young guys. But you know what? I hadn't heard of that <coughs> before somebody shared that information with me. Now, the guy that shared that information with me was my father, who was a certified lather. And a lather, in case you guys don't know is the guy that puts up either the wood lath or the metal lath so the plasterer can come and put up the plaster. <clears throat> You've seen those strips of wood at the at the, uh, lumber yard that's called wood lath? Always wondered what that was for. Well, that's what that's for. You put it about... If you turn it on its side, that gives you enough width for the plaster to be pushed in there and it keys in that anyway. I didn't know that, but I knew the guy who was telling me that knew what he was talking about. So of course he tried it. And it was on a weekend when we were gone and we came home to find a nice three by three hole in our bedroom ceiling. You know what, that stuff will fall down. <coughs> so anyway, Thanks to an uncle of mine who was also in construction, we pulled all that ceiling out and put up sheetrock. But what makes it worse, or what makes it bad, and then worse, this guy was going to try it again. He had studied it, and he figured that what it was, was the problem was that the... stuff he was putting up there was wet and it was making this plaster wet and that's why it failed. So he was going to put up sealant on that. <coughs> now, I won't go into details about what happened because I was rather upset. I had to stay in the bathroom where I was painting it. Well, Glenda went out and talked to him and thankfully what he was just doing then was putting the sealant up. I couldn't get a hold of my agent. I couldn't get hold of his agent, but luckily he left. She was able to tell him, she said, you know what? She said, I don't care if you put that stuff on the ceiling, the walls, the couches, the carpet, the floor. You can have textured everything you want once it's yours. If you mess this up again, they're not going to be so understanding. So just wait until it's yours <clears throat> and that works now I'm not saying that people's understanding as I get into this message of plaster versus sheetrock is in any way connected or correlates to their understanding of Passover or any other God's holy days so don't do go get some books on plastering and think it will give you some insight rather I share that to say that sometimes it's not easy for people to grasp concepts that are new to them. But maybe sometimes their understanding or rather misunderstanding is more like than we think. And I'm thinking perhaps we should consider this and be ready to share what we know with others. You may be able to make a difference in their understanding and in their knowledge. The other day during Passover, I shared a message on social media concerning how many days Jesus It's been in the tomb. The original message, as I understand it, was posted on the United Church of God's site, uh, ucg.org, and it was by Scott Ashley. The title was, Jesus Wasn't Crucified on Friday or Resurrected on Sunday. How long was Jesus in the tomb? It is, in my humble opinion, a very good article. And I received seven mostly good responses to it. One person told me that she appreciated it because she had questions about that timeline. Sooner or later, everybody says, listen, Friday, Sunday. It's in the tomb three days. Friday, Sunday. One of the people that read it, however, was not so favorably impressed. The lady replied that she doesn't believe, and I'll quote her, any of this crap. And she further stated that as far as she was concerned, this was, quote, just someone trying to make a mockery of Jesus, end quote. Well, that caught me by surprise. Still, it occurred to me that she obviously had a difference of opinion with me. And that she didn't have the same level of knowledge or understanding as I did on this subject. But at the same time, I could tell that she has a love for Jesus. And she didn't like anyone making fun of him or putting him up to ridicule. So what should I do? That was my question to myself. I could get upset at her. I could belittle her. I could ignore her and let her stay upset with me and with the others that, through her understanding, were putting garbage out to be seen. Or... Was it my opportunity, and since I posted it, my responsibility to try and explain myself and perhaps to educate her and bring her level of understanding up to where mine was, okay? And anybody else that may happen to be reading this. After all, that's why I posted it, right? Just to point out something. So here's what I told her. I said, I'm not mocking Jesus at all. Jesus himself talked about this when he foretold what was going to happen. Matthew 12, 38 through 42. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee." But he answered and said unto them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and there shall be no sign given you or to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was in the belly of the, uh, the wheel. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of earth. Other versions say great fish. So, in case is anybody worried about that part. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. Because they repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. See, the thing is, most people don't understand anything about the Jewish calendar, Jewish, in quotes, and don't realize Jesus had to be in the tomb before sundown on Passover. When they say, because it was the Sabbath day, well that's that Saturday thing. <clears throat> but that was on a Wednesday that year. Because the 15th of Nisan is a high holy day. He actually rose from the tomb on Saturday evening just before sundown. 72 hours later. Three days and three nights after he was put in there. (coughs) This had come up at my work since I was going to be taking off for the Jewish Holy Day instead of for Easter like everybody else does. And it has opened up more conversation. One thing that it does is it gives me an opportunity to point out that these days are God's day, not the Jews' day. They just happen to be the folks that are actually following what God said to do. Good point on them. That's why I tell people who ask, I don't eat unclean food, because God said don't eat them. To me, that's fairly to explain, easy to explain now. <clears throat> because see, there for a while, when we, what I refer to, jokingly referred to as my, our heathen days, we ate all that stuff. We ate pork, we ate shrimp, we did have pig out on, on uh, king crab legs and ate alligator down in Louisiana. couldn't get me to eat that stuff now. But anyway, at the time, I didn't understand that. We had someone at, at church that explained it really well. He said, because God said, don't eat it. Oh, okay. Hard to argue with him. <clears throat> so anything. Anyway, depending on what follows, uh, determines on whether I go deeper when I'm saying that with someone. If, you know, if they say, they, they, well, what do you mean? Then I can go to some scripture I can explain it a little more or if they're really not interested in it I can just let it pass you know let them think about it I'm sorry I'm missing the page there we go but that was one of the things that Mr. Armstrong Herbert W. Armstrong got very right he stated that if there was a difference between what he said or what the Bible said go to the Bible and go with the Bible I'm hoping that this lady will open up, or that this message that I put out there and this dialogue that we've started will continue. I'll be able to explain some more if she has. hasn't yet, but you don't know. Sometimes people need to think on things, they need to do some research. You know, they'll maybe find out that there's something good. So it. it occurs to me that we can all do this, we can share what we know with others who haven't been taught what we know in a way that is pleasant and that doesn't attack them because you'll notice she was feeling attacked because Jesus was feeling blessed. So what are we to do? Are we to sneer at them, belittle them, you know, or share our knowledge in a way that is loving? We need to realize when we share what we know and believe, there will be a lot of people out there who never heard that. Gee, I've never heard that. There's reason for that. Satan is working to deceive us all. As some of us heard at the mini feast, he's the original salesman and really good at getting people to believe things that are contrary to God's law. So there'll be times people will ask us about why we do or don't do. You know, why, for example, do we follow those Jewish Holy Day. Or, why don't we need certainty? food? It's a wonderful opportunity to share your belief. Give a reason, you know. In 1 uh, Peter 3.15, Peter tells us, But sanctify the Lord God in your heart, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear international uh, standard version says it instead exalt the messiah as lord in your lives always be prepared to give a defense to everyone who asks you to explain the hope that you have but do this gently respectfully keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak evil of your good conduct in the messiah will be ashamed of slandering you i learned sometime back that saying well, because you're stupid and it's the way it is. It doesn't really work well. And I learned it from that style being used on me. Solomon says it this way in Proverbs 51. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words throw up angry. Or in other words, catch a lot more flies with honey. Let's be sweet as we share our beliefs. And I bet we'll see more people ask.